Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Backbone Bite Size series. Now this week we talk about intellectual life uh, and Garth and I spoke, I was going to say briefly Garth before we came on, but it wasn't a brief conversation, it was quite a long conversation and we'll we'll try and condense that for this for this bite size episode. But this idea of what intellectual life actually means, what it includes, what it entails and something of real interest to me is the difference between the conscious and subconscious. So I'm going to hand it straight over to you Garth. Um, a lot of people might be questioning, well, what does intellectual life mean? What does it entail? How would you describe that? I have split it into two. One is intellectual life with regards to the, the wisdoms and the knowledge and the intelligence that you accumulate. And that's what we, we associate intelligence with or intellectual with. And the other part is how you think on a daily basis, which is extremely important because as we've spoken about before, how you think will eventually lead to all your results. So it's important to understand how to think, what you're thinking. I think that's that's the most important. The most important thing is to know what you're thinking because whatever you're thinking is going to drive your results. Yeah, so you say you, you broke it down into two elements. Um, and what I'm interested in is probably the thinking part of it, you know, why it's important to know what you're thinking and understand what you're thinking. But a lot of people, as you said, will perceive it to be that all kind of knowledge part, you know, someone who is intellectual is somebody who has a lot of knowledge on a given topic area. But you're kind of saying, well, actually, no, that can be differentiated into a number of different areas. Yeah. So I do a little, and and anyone who wants to, I've got this little like um, life assessment that they can take just to see how they feel about where they are in their life. And it's on the it's on the Backbone website. You can click on it. You can do that. Just a little, I think it's a Google form. And one of the questions I ask is, um, are you fulfilled intellectually? And the majority of people come back and say, no, I'm not fulfilled intellectually. What does that mean? Like, what does that even mean? I put that question in because I think it's really important because I know for a long time after I left university, I was thinking, I'm not learning. I'm not fulfilled intellectually. And so first and foremost, that's up to you to do that. Like that, you don't have to be in an academic environment to be fulfilled intellectually. You understand what you're curious about, what you're interested about, and you you pursue that. I know that you do that on a regular basis, even just the conversation we were having beforehand is that there are two books that you're really interested in. So you're pursuing those two books, which means that you're intellectually fulfilled because you're accumulating information about what you're curious about. Like, I think... Most people kind of get put off by that intellectual, like it must mean something about knowledge and being good at stuff. And we've had this sort of academic career where everything's marked and it's like, you know, but for me, intellectual life is simply what interests you? What are you curious about? Accumulate more knowledge about that. Like I went through a stage where I just read fishing books because I'm, I like fishing and therefore I'm intellectually fulfilled because I'm accumulating more knowledge about something that I'm interested in. The internet's amazing for that. So we don't have any excuse to feel intellectually unfulfilled. How would you then say that going down the proverbial rabbit hole uh, helps or doesn't help that process? Because I very much go down rabbit holes when I'm reading. I know we spoke about it before we jumped on. I'm reading the book uh, Black Box Thinking by Matthew Syed again. And there are so many different avenues that I could potentially go off and research on that. So much research that's presented in the book and so many ideas that I want to go down. 
And I went down one about surgery that I spoke to you about and understanding anxiety and stress responses to anxiety, which then led me down another rabbit hole to the research. I spoke to you about uh, William James on attention spotlights in terms of where your attention's focused. And goodness knows where the next rabbit hole is going to lead. Do you think that's a good or bad thing? How do you feel when you're doing it? Yeah, I I, I almost like feel that I can't stop. It's just like I keep going and I keep going and I keep going. If you're enjoying it, then there's no reason to stop. You, you'll know when to stop, when it's no longer beneficial or interesting or something like that. You know, that's that's the thing. I always tell people, go in and look at what you're curious about. And intellectual life can be, and it's possibly the only place where I ever recommend multitasking. But you can link your intellectual life into your health and fitness because if you're going out for a walk or a run, stick the headphones on, listen to a podcast, podcasts, audiobooks, they're amazing for intellectual fulfillment. I think it also allows you to carry conversations in a number of different settings as well, and that helps social skills. But before we go any deeper into that, I want to jump on to one of the topics that I'm interested in most is the difference between the conscious and the subconscious. Um, so yeah, this is fascinating, and we could really go very deep into this, but I think on a very basic bite-sized level, we have 60,000, around 60,000 thoughts per day, right? Some people go, look, I have a lot more. Some people might say, whoa, I didn't know I had that much. Only 5% of those thoughts are conscious. Only 5% of those happen in the conscious mind, which is your, your prefrontal cortex. So those are thoughts like, okay, uh, I feel hungry right now. So maybe I'll, uh, yeah, I'll go into the fridge and I'll get that cheese and I'll put it in this. And that's, that's a conscious thought. The other 95% are, like you were using earlier on the example um, of driving in the car, you're thinking of how to drive that car. You're thinking left foot down, change gear, look mirror, look mirror, look behind, turn. You're thinking that, but you're not actually thinking that. That's happening in a different area of your brain, which is the subconscious, which is where we store all our survival programs. Driving is a survival program, but it's also where we store all our repeated programs like the alphabet. You don't have to think about the alphabet anymore. You just know it because you've repeated enough times for it to go from conscious thought to subconscious thought. What's the difference? Well, you kind of know that you're, you're having the conscious thoughts and you don't know that you're having the subconscious thoughts, but the subconscious thoughts are going on and they're going on all day. And the big problem is that a lot of the programs that we learned aren't beneficial to us. So a lot of the thoughts that we're having on a daily basis are not beneficial to us because the way the mind works is that between the ages of the last trimester of pregnancy to we're seven years old, we have a a brain frequency, which is alpha theta, which is download frequency. So right now, myself and yourself, we're using beta brain frequency, which allows us to analyze information, but that's kids don't have that because they just have to download as much information as possible in order to be able to live in a group, to live in their social group, all the rules. So normally the most information they download are from tribal leaders, parents, carers, coaches, teachers. And a lot of what's said to kids is negative. You can't do that. You're rubbish. You can't have that. You don't deserve that. And if that's repeated enough times, that gets stored in the subconscious of I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Now, you're not thinking about walking, but you're having the thoughts that allow you to walk. You're not thinking about driving, but you're having the thoughts that allow you to drive. You're not consciously thinking that you're not good enough, but in the background, it's saying, Gary, you know what? You're not good enough. You can't do that. And so we avoid so many situations before we even get there because we have those limiting beliefs. Now, 
They might have been intentional limiting beliefs, but the majority of the time, it's just a flippant remark by a parent to a kid who's in, in that download age where they can't differentiate that's useful, that's not useful. They just download everything. When I say 95% of your thoughts are subconscious, that's more than likely 95% of what you're thinking isn't your thoughts. Mm. That's more than likely 95% of what you're thinking is what you were taught by other people. But you don't have to believe that. You don't have to always believe other people's beliefs. You can change them. Like that's, that's what's really important about intellectual life is understanding what you think, because what you think has led to where you are. And then one day going, hey, that's the belief that I've been walking around with. I don't want that anymore. And then consciously working to change that. Beliefs can be changed. Like the, the example that I always use is um, Santa Claus. The, like we believed staunchly that Santa Claus existed. And then one day we were told that he didn't. And then from that, we changed our beliefs. So if you believe that money's horrible, if you've got it in the background, I'm just using money, but that's in your background because that was given to you by your parents and you're struggling with money at the minute, sit down and, and actually write out all the amazing things that money allows you to do and understand that, you know what? Money is actually neutral. It isn't horrible and it isn't amazing. It's just a neutral thing. It's what you choose to do with it. Uh, I could talk for quite some time around this idea of thoughts and understanding decisions and why you do this, uh, particularly when it comes to subconscious and conscious, because I have a real interest in it. But we'll cut that off there. And uh, we will uh, maybe pick up on that conversation of conscious, subconscious in a different episode. But if anyone is hopefully still listening, you can catch Garth at his website, which is www.garth-fox.com forward slash backbone, uh, as well as Facebook and Instagram. And if you've got any questions you want to throw our way, any topics that you want us to discuss in and around that backbone program, please do get in touch. But thank you once again, Garth. Thank you very much.